Hello everyone, this is Pastor Ronke Lulano of Harmony Christian Center. Thank you for joining our podcast today. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the message. Today, by the special grace of God, as we go into the word today, we will actually be expounding more on the word that we heard last week, collaboration. I'm telling you, that word was awesome. It didn't stop me thinking and talking and talking and talking until I talked myself into preaching today. I would say the subtitle of today's message is The How Not of Collaboration. What did I say? The what? The How Not of Collaboration. Many of us will recall that our pastor in the house, he only shares his life, everything, every experience with us. And he says he was taught how to do ministry. And he was also taught how not to do ministry. Both are, t- both are very, very important. Both teachings are equally important. And you believe with me that if that is the case, it's also important that when we do any form of teachings, you know, don't do this, sit down, get up, go here, go there. If we do not know the reasons why we're doing it, because of the basic human nature to rebel, you likely want to do the opposite. And so many of us, when we're growing old, when we're growing or younger, we were taught how to use cutlery, put the fork here, put the knife here. And then some of us, if we weren't taught the consequences of not using the fork and knife properly, we'll be very embarrassed when we get to a formal location, when we choose to use the spoon to eat the main meal instead of the fork and knife. So it means it's important not just to teach how to use the cutlery, but the consequences of not knowing how to use it well. Equally, our children that we're raising in this day and time, I'm sure most of us will agree with me that the first question in their mouth is what? Why? Tell them to sit down. They'll tell you what? Why? Tell them don't go out. They'll tell you why? Tell them don't speak to strangers. They'll tell you why? In fact, some of them will go to the stranger and say, my mommy said I should not speak to you. So it's important that we don't just tell them don't do this. We have to explain to them why we should not do it. And I believe that when we're talking about collaboration today, by the special grace of God, we'll be taking our passage just to have an anchor passage from the Amplified Version of Psalm 1. Psalm 1, I'll quickly read verse 1 to 6. I hope we're there, praise the Lord. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of what? The wicked. NKJV says ungodly. It's one and the same thing. Following the advice and example. May you not follow the advice and example of the ungodly in Jesus. In your collaboration. May your collaboration not make you to collude with somebody that will lead you to destruction. In the name of Jesus. He says, nor stand in the path of sinners. Nor sit down to rest in the seat of the scoffers. Ridiculous. Ah. Everyone that is ridiculing you or thinking that your life will remain on a stage of ridicule, God will turn that ridicule to a miracle for you in Jesus' name. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Ah, may your delight continually be in the word of God. When you sleep, you will pick the word of God. When you wake up, you will pick the word of God. When you're going out, the word of God will be your guide. You will not listen to any negative voice in the name of Jesus. 
It says, and on his law, his precepts, and his teachings, he habitually, not a one-time wonder, not a temporary thing, not something you do because somebody is watching. May we habitually, habitually, perpetually, ongoing, as we are progressing, as we are going forth into this year of divine progress, may we habitually meditate on the word of God day and night. Verse 3, and it says, and it will be like a tree firmly planted. Ah, may you be firmly planted. If you have been waving, if you have been shaking, perhaps wherever you're watching me, listening to me right now, if you've been dilly-dallying, if you think, is it possible? Is it not? May you be firmly planted in the house of God. Dare I say this? I know that there may be reports out there. Fear may have gripped your heart. We have gone even past the shielding stage now. But if there's fear that is making you think you can't come even to the house of God, today in the name of Jesus, we uproot that fear and you shall be rootly and firmly planted in the name of Jesus. And it goes on to say, and it will be like a tree, firmly planted and fed. When we come to God, when we gather together, it's not socialism, it's not uh, catching up, it's not cultural. It is so that we can be fed. Today you'll be fed in Jesus' name. And be fed by streams of water, which yields its fruits in its season. You will yield your fruits in season. In the mighty name of Jesus, your leaf shall not wither in the name of Jesus. And whatsoever you do, it shall prosper. It shall come to maturity. It shall come to fulfillment. It shall come to advancement. It shall come to expansion. It shall come to enlargement. Because you are planted in the house of God and the word of God is rooted in your heart. Verse 4. It says the wicked, those who live in disobedience to God's law are not so. Oh, what a pity. What a pity will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Because we have the choice to ensure that the word of God is planted in our hearts and we are rooted in the house of God. It says the wicked are not so. Those who live in disobedience in the God's law are not so. But they are like chaff. You know what chaff is? It gets easily blown away. The slightest wind. It, they, but they are like chaff. Worthless and without substance. Your life will never become worthless and without substance. In the name of Jesus. Which the wind blows away. The wind cannot blow you away. You shall be like Mount Zion that can never be moved. Unmovable, unshakable, unstoppable. Nothing will stop that which God has said concerning you in Jesus' name. Therefore, the wicked shall not stand unpunished in judgment. Nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. We shall not be amongst those that shall perish. That scripture always blesses me, and I'm sure many of you know it. Blessed is that man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You can see that it is a progressive uh, statement. And so today I want us to once again have a virtual understanding of the demonstration of that word. Um, and I'm going to call on Pastor very quickly, please, if you don't mind coming to join us, sir. Because I can't call anyone else who's not in my bubble. Praise the Lord. So please, can we appreciate him as he comes forward? So we'll start from here. The scripture is saying, Bless the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So imagine we're just taking a stroll. In fact, we won't start holding each other's hand first because whoever you're working with you, you, is still the periphery stage, it's still the foundational stage. So we're just walking. You know, we may be talking 
And then so from talking, eventually maybe, you know, we get to, you know, um, holding hands. And even at that hand, we're making sure that the hand is not too tight, not because of uh, social distancing, but because you're being guarded to ensure. And then, so best is the man who works not in the council of the ungodly. So I'm working in the council of somebody who I feel I'm comfortable. You will not walk in the council of the ungodly in Jesus' name. You will not hold to yourself the person who indeed will lead you to destruction in the name of Jesus. And then, you know, from walking, ah, we go on to, you know, the hand felt very soft. In fact, has anybody touched Pastor's hand before? His hand is quite soft, actually. But he grew up in the, in the other side. But his hand is so soft, anyway. So anyway, so from holding his hand, we now stand. So I begin to look. He begins to look. Our eyeball to eyeball. We are, you know, it's like we've moved from walking to what? Standing. So we are considering what we are saying. As he's speaking to me, as I'm speaking to him, we're looking into our eyes, and I'm saying, hmm, is this thing what he's saying? Is it true? Is this something I can apply? And he's thinking, hmm, this babe, is she true? Is she correct? Can she go the way? I'm forever 21. Hallelujah. And then as that is going on, you know, that is happening. You know, it happens in marriages. It happens in businesses. It happens in every facet of life. So you, that is another stage, which is what's standing. Ah, you will not stand with somebody that will betray you in the name of Jesus. You will not stand with somebody that will lead you even to the opposite side which God has indeed spoken concerning you. We now progress from standing. We go on, mind the steps, mind the gap, hallelujah. We go on and we do what? We sit down, Kule. Ah, this is where everything is finished, you know, sealed. This is where it is sealed, saturated, isn't it? Yes. I chose to stand up, sit down with you. Uh, yes. I chose to sit down with him 32 years ago. And we are still sitting by the special grace. Now, when you're sitting, you know, there are certain things you begin to do. You feel relaxed. You put your head down. It means because you have totally trusted that person. It means you have put your life in the hand. In the name of, thank you, sir. In the name of Jesus, you will not put your life in the hand of somebody that will destroy you in Jesus' name. Some people are sitting with their enemies. Some people have embraced the people. They have collaborated. In fact, beyond collaboration, serious collaboration with who God did not bring to them. But they invited them. They started walking. They started stand, standing. And now they're sitting. Today, in the name of Jesus, you will receive even that deliverance in the name of Jesus. This is not just about marriage. It's about business. It's about, you know, uh, your work, your career. It doesn't apply just to us adults. It applies to children, whoever is watching, young adults, everyone. Some of our young adults, we need to pray more for them. The kind of friends they are collaborating with. We taught them in the house of God. They know God. They believe God. They go and collaborate with somebody who is into knife and gang crime. So it's my friend. He's popular. I'm just following him. He's just a friend. The day that the destruction is going to land on that friend, everyone that is around them would be carried together. May that not be the portion of our children in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Going on to last week's message, which we heard and I said was so powerful, we were reminded that the multitude 
they cried for Jesus. But before I go to that, I want us to go into reflecting on the seven categories that Pastor taught us last week. And as we're applying these seven categories metaphorically, it does not mean it has to be those numbers. As we're applying these seven categories metaphorically, you'd realize that some of us have made those who should be multitude and we have brought them into the inner courts. Today there will be a realignment in Jesus' name. Today there will be an adjustment in the mighty name of Jesus. He started, he said Jesus had seven levels of relationship. He had the world. Do you remember? He said he had Israel. Remember? He said he had the multitude, number three. And then he said he had the 70, number four. And then he said he had the 12, number five. And then he said he had the what? Three, number six. And then he ended up having the one. Ah, you will not make your one a multitude in Jesus' name. You will not make your multitude a three in the name of Jesus. Remember I said it's not the numbers. It's a metaphorical sort of analogy to understand that the people that should be in the multitude, you will not bring them into your own inner closets. Because the people in the multitude don't think like the one God has sent to you. May the Lord open our eyes today so that we see areas that we need to have alignment and adjustment in our lives. As I was saying earlier on, Jesus, when he was riding into Jerusalem on Palm, what's historically known as Palm Sunday today, multitudes were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The same multitudes, a week down the line, a few days later, they were doing what? They were crying what? Crucify him, crucify him. Jesus was neither moved with the Hosanna, neither was he moved with the crucifying him because he knows these are multitudes. Multitudes come and go. You have friends who are in the multitude category that you should see them as in the outer court. Whatever they say to you should not be what will put in your head and put in your mind and affect your sleep and affect your thinking and affect your progress because they are what? The multitude. Hallelujah. Ah, John 6, you may not need to turn to it, but you can check later. John chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. Jesus Christ, you know, he, he came back. And the multitude of yesterday that had been fed from the feeding of what? The 5,000. They said, ah, they said, ah, the boats are here. Where is Jesus? Ah, Rabbi, you are here. He said, ah, you seek me not because you really want me, but because of the food and the loaves of fishes and bread that you ate yesterday. That's why. You, may the Lord open your eyes to know your multitude. So you don't get carried away when you're being praised by the multitude. Because the multitude can praise you to disaster. They can praise you to destruction. You know, as I'm speaking, <laughs> when I was growing up, I don't know whether, you know, some of us can identify with it. There was a tale story, um, what do you call, fairy tale story that they used to say that, you know, the elephant was dancing and he didn't know. But the, is it the tortoise? Because it's always the cunning one. And there was a pit, but they had thrown a, a mat over the pit. And said, ah, let the elephant dance. As they were singing, let him dance, let him dance. The chief singer was the tortoise who had dug the pit and put the mat. Because the plan was that when the elephant gets onto that mat, what will happen? I say you will not fall to the trapment of Satan in Jesus' name. May the Lord grant you the grace 
to identify and know who belongs to the multitude. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, <laughs> it gets worse here. Moses was being um, ridiculed and moaned at and by the what? The Bible says by the mixed multitude. This mixed multitude is another level. Because at least multitude, you know, maybe they have the same group or whatever. Mixed multitude, in fact, different species. You see, everything. And, and the Bible says that the mixed multitude yielded to intense craving. <laughs> when I was reading that, I said, intense craving. What the multitude wants from you is to suck you dry. Is to take, 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 take. Begin to think as this message is coming to people and persons and organizations and institutions and everything in your life that may represent the multitude or even mixed multitude. That all they do is intense craving. You cannot think of yourself of anything good that has ever come from you, them to you. It's always asking, asking. You know, like that parasite. They said the multitude yielded to intense craving. Moses was upset and God told him, appoint 70 what? Elders. Who he, God, will put his spirit upon them. I read that and my eyes opened. I said, eh? Not I haven't read it before, but God opened my eyes in light of what we are being taught. God himself is the one that said, appoint them. God is the one that said, I'll put you off your spirit upon them. And yet, where were these elders? Were they not the ones that taught Aaron to build the golden calf? And they were dancing. I said, ah, you know, this is our God. This Moses, oh, that he will put his spirit upon them. So it's important for us to know that because somebody looks like it, Somebody speaks like it. Somebody tries to quote the scripture like it. Don't mean that that person is in your closet amongst your three or amongst your one. Praise the Lord. It's not about getting rid of them. It is knowing how to identify and relate to them with wisdom. Because I like this, the, 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 the definition that was given last week. That collaboration is about intentional networking. Having the wisdom, capacity to gather, attract, and retain the right people. May you be able to retain the right people in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Seventy elders of whom the Spirit of God was upon, and yet they let Moses down. Indeed, Moses also had his own equivalent of this group of three. Aaron and sister, like I said to you, it's not three in number. Aaron and what? And Moses' sister, Miriam. You'd imagine ah, your own sister. This word is for somebody here today. You have been so heartbroken that how can your own sister, how can your own brother, how can your own sibling be the one that is doing this to you? Are we not supposed to be one? But I want you to know that Miriam, who gossiped against uh, Moses, about the Ethiopian wife. You know what ended, how she ended. But for the grace of God that the leprosy was restored. I just want you to know if you're listening, either you're at home, either you're online, and it is you that feel betrayed, I want you to know that God will vindicate you in Jesus' name. And I thought to myself, I said, so why, why in the first instance, what made Miriam become part of the leadership of the Inakokos? 
I said to myself, could it be because she's biological sister to the pastor? You see, because these are some of the mistakes that are being made in the body of Christ these days. They, because somebody's your brother, somebody's your sister, you put them in your business. You put them in charge of your uh, housing to manage it. You put them in charge. Somebody's about to appoint their sibling who is not of pure heart. May the Lord open your eyes to the one he has provided for you so that all the business, all the work you have labored for will not go to waste because you put the wrong person in that position. That is a word for someone today. Praise the Lord. There are times those who we should make, you know, the, the ones, the threes, we have left them as multitude. And those who we have left as multitude, we have brought them so near. And it's only by the grace of God that we are still standing. I pray you will not fall into the hand of your betrayer in Jesus' mighty name. Anyone and everyone can miss it. Because we, are all, we all tend to judge and look onto the outward. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, when um, Prophet Samuel himself was about to appoint um, uh, who was to be king in the household of Jesse, all of David's seven brothers, Eliab, all of them, they kept going, ah, he said, ah, this one looks like it. This one looks like a king. Until God says, no, I have not chosen what? Any of this. May the Lord open our eyes to choose a right in Jesus' name. If you're married, may the Lord open your eyes even to make the right choices concerning your children. If you're not married, may the Lord open your eyes to choose the right man, to choose the right woman in the name of Jesus. You will not align with somebody that will lead you to destruction in Jesus' mighty name. Moving on quickly. There were four groups that were highlighted last week about uh, as being examples of collaborators. And the first one was model. But before I start going into them, I want us to know that in these groups, as they were, as they were being taught to us, what a fantastic teaching. Let's just celebrate God. Let's celebrate the life of our pastor. Let's because it was like, wow, wow, wow. I never looked at it like that before. If you didn't go to the home church in the course of last week, go this week because I'm sure you'll be blessed. There will be certain things that you will hear from another person that would enrich you and cement even that which you have received in Jesus' mighty name. So the, in, the, in the four groups that were uh, identified for us last Sunday, it was very refreshing revelation indeed. Today, out of those four groups, we shall look into how not to make the wrong collaborations within those groups. So the first one is model. We all know what he said. I don't need to repeat it. Remember, we are talking about how not today. So we know the how. He was given an example of the different models in his life. And a model, uh, when you model after somebody, it does, not have, it does not mean that they have to even see you or know you. You can model after somebody who you feel you aspire to see their lifestyle, you like how they present things, and things like that. So my first thing that I've written here on model is do not model after someone or a star because of fame or popularity. Do not model after someone or a star because of fame or popularity. Interestingly, last week, I'm not even sure that there were many people in his list that were famous or popular. But the, 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 the lessons drawn from their lifestyle, can, no money can ever buy that. Because something is popular does not make it right. Because multitudes are flooding towards something does not guarantee it is the will of God for your life. 
once upon a time in this country there used to be a church called green church and some christians would go on buses as early as 5 a.m rush there because they want to just follow the crowd you know sensationalism has encroached so much into the body of christ today the children of israel also said to uh Samuel, we too we want another king we want to be uh, we too we want a king we want to be like other nations if you're desire of wanting to follow a system or follow a pattern or follow something is because you want to be like somebody else you have not started yet. Whereas it was that following other nations to have a king that will lead them to a life of slavery and further separation from God. May you not model after someone that will further make you separate from God in Jesus' name. A lot of our young ones and even older adults follow some celebrities and bloggers. Nothing wrong we are reminded last week when you chew gum, some part of it is sweet. So the, the part that is not necessary, what you do, you throw it out. But when you follow after a celebrity or a blogger, consciously or unconsciously, you begin to imbibe their teachings and beliefs. For life. Especially in this period of lockdown, where people would have gone out, done exercise, go to work, whatever, they're not doing it. It's always on the what? Smartphone. So if you listen, Bible tells us that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word. The more you listen to something again and again, before you realize it, you begin to act like it. Begin, you begin to hear it even in your sleep, unconsciously. And so, in fact, it happened to me too. I was listening to a particular man of God's teaching. And a lot of his teachings were wrong. But like in everything, no one is perfect. There are some type of, you know, those kind of occasional jibes about Nigerian style of kill him, kill him, die, die. Those kind, it wasn't the whole extent of the whole message, but there were those things there. So whether, you know, when we're now praying together, my husband and myself, and sometimes when I'm repeating some of those things, he says to me, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let's stop, wait, wait, wait. Where is that one coming from? Because I've listened to too much, kill him, kill him. Die, die. Whatever you listen to all the time is what you become. You don't have to carry it on your head that I'm modeling after somebody. The more you listen to it day and night, that is why children copy. Because they see you. Oh, so horrible things come up on social media. Some things that should not, I don't even know what is wrong with some people's mindset. It's like there's no more gray matter inside that brain. And then they'll film the thing and put it on social media. What children are seeing whether your child is doing some erotic dancing or something or horrible and you're proud because you've done those things in front of the children and the children are now happy as young as four five and then you put on social media this is it a thing of joy that a child is doing sexual gyrations it's, it's like people have lost the plots we have to be very careful when it when it comes to modeling who are you modeling after consciously or unconsciously we are all modeling after something, somewhere, or somebody. So much so, that some people want to buy a pair of shoes. They'll think, what would Lady G wear? Would Lady G like me to wear? They may not say it, but it's just said in the brain. And because Lady G would not like it, then you won't do it. A lot of our young ones listen to what they call influencers. Huh? Some of those influencers' parents, those, you, those of us who have older ones, sit down with them sometime. The influencers are talking rubbish. What they themselves have not even achieved a tenth of it. They'll not be telling 
you know, to our young ones. And before you realize it, they begin to think about it, and that will affect the decision making. Who or what are you modeling after? Whatever you're thinking affects your decision making. And people start hearing voices when they want to take a decision. I pray that you will hear the voice of the Lord and not that of a stranger in Jesus' name. Every voice of a stranger will banish it in the name of Jesus. Every strange voices. And this thing is so bad. It's so, so bad. Because particularly suicidal trainers are online too. And some of our young ones are listening to them. Sometimes they do tell them they've tried it once. They've tried it a second time. In the name of Jesus, we speak to the souls, the mind, the spirit of every of our young ones, every of our children. We cover their mind with the blood of Jesus. We terminate them even from every, every suicidal plot, every enemy that has planned even their life to be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, we terminate them from it in Jesus' name. We shall not lose any of our children. Strange things are happening. And don't let us just keep quiet and think, oh, it is modern what? Modern what? Some children have been led to destruction, but it will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Number two that was mentioned last week is mentor. <laughs> mentor. You know, when I was preparing for this, I just thank God the Holy Spirit reminded me of a scripture. I said, oh, where's the scripture? Where's the scripture? I remember I up and said, where's the scripture in Judges? This point I've got under this is do not hire a mentor to try and avoid accountability. A mentor is meant to be someone who you submit to. It doesn't mean they control your life, but at least they have that authority over you to be able to guide you to say do this or do that. Not in everything, for goodness sake. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there are some major decisions you want to take. Don't just think you are the know-all and be-all and end-all. Your mentor has gone down that path before. Just reaching out to them and telling them they can guide you even in the pathway to go. Someone said, what do I mean by don't try and hire a mentor? There was a man that hired a mentor in the Bible in Judges chapter 17. I don't need to turn to it. You can read the reference so they can put it up. Judges chapter 17 from verse 12 to 13. Micah was his name. He was living an idolatrous life. But he wanted the what? Covering of God. You know, it's like you want to be in and you want to be out. How many times do we have Christians who they feel because they're giving money to church or they're paying tithes, that covers them from every form of danger and evil, and then they can keep living a promiscuous, a, a life that does not please God. It is a lie from the pit of hell, if anyone has told you that. You cannot buy God. God can never be bought with money. Unfortunately, no. God can never be bought with money. So Micah appointed this young Levite. Ah, he's priest now. He put him in his house, and then he started feeding him. Giving whoever you give money to and you feed, we'll have to we'll have to tell you what you want to hear. Even if God says don't do it, what will you do? Ah, I see the spirit of the Lord is saying to you that the glory of the Lord is upon you. Whereas the destruction, the arrow of destruction is coming. Don't don't think that your mentor has to be somebody you will say, tell me the sweet things I want to hear. And the minute they tell you something different, ah, this one is not a good mentor. Ah, let me look for another mentor. You go and hire another one. Tell me the three things that I want to hear. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. Paying large offerings and donations without being ready to heed the instructions of God is not a life of submission to a holy Christian life. 
having someone to pray for you is another way. Because somebody said, I didn't hire any mentor. But you can't pray. They are prayer contractors. Fasting contractors. When we first started ministry, I think I ignorantly used to do that. Ama, please, can you just join me in prayer? They will not fast, though. But me, I will fast Monday to the whole week. So how is the fasting going? Ma, I knew you would have been fasting for me. But really, there was something that happened. But I knew, in fact, I was so thankful because I know that you'll be touching heaven for me. But you that you have the matter, you're not touching ground. Ah! I don't do fasting contracts anymore. No way. It's important for us, everyone, to know that you cannot just hire somebody to do it on your behalf. You have, when the mentor tells you this is what the way to go, make sure you're ready to do it. You cannot eat your cake and have it. Because you end up having what? Nothing. An unaccountable life is a target for the enemy. The spirit of I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. Once I do it this way, two plus two will be four. You'll be surprised that two plus two will not even give you one sometimes. The last person that I know as well that did that in the Bible was Elimelech, the husband of Naomi. He saw that, ah, there was famine in what? Bethlehem. Go and read that in Ruth chapter 1. He, was, he found that there was what? Famine in Bethlehem. He took all his family, his wife, and his two sons. We have heard that things are better in the land of Moab. And they moved to Moab. They got to Moab. I don't know a sequence of how it happened. But Elimelech died. The first son died. The second son died. Now Naomi now thought, hang on. This man has led me to destruction thus far. I can't sit here anymore. And got up. That will return back even to bed. Someone needs to hear that word today. Return back to the place of where God first called you. Because you've abandoned where God instructed you to be. Return back so that you can be blessed. If God could restore Naomi's life, he can restore yours too. In Jesus' name. The Bible did not tell us that um, Elimelech sought any counsel. He ruined his family and he also never returned to Bethlehem, sadly. We all need someone to be able to tell. You're making major decisions. Major decisions. That's why I thank God for the life of our pastor. Not because he's my husband. But there is not... If it, <laughs> you have a spouse... That you can't talk to. Nobody can talk to them. No brother can talk to them. No uncle can talk to them. They are the Lord and Master. Whatever they do, they sit down. Where they put their leg, you have to lift it up high. Where they put their back, you ah. Go and seek help. Oh. Go, I said, go and seek help. Say that. I said, go and seek help. Because that person will ruin you and will ruin themselves. Because they are the Lord and Master. Everyone needs somebody to be able to speak into their lives. I pray you will not put your teacher in a corner and our head will not lack rebuke in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Moving on quickly, the third one was partner. Do not have a partner that is just one-sided. Remember, these are the four categories we were given last week. We are talking about the do-nots of what we shouldn't do. Do not have a partner that is just one-sided. That is no partnership. There are, there are different types of partnerships. Work partners, marriage partners, business partners, church, ministry, your doctor, your lawyer, your accountant. All these are partners that you enter into. Whatever type of partnership you, you enter into, ensure it's a win-win. 
ensure what? It's a win-win. It's a win-win relationship, not a subservient one. Not one where you have to always, you know, be the one begging, or they are the ones, or you are the one usurping them. It doesn't work that way. A healthy partnership is where each one of you has something to bring on board. Having said this, it cannot be legislated. I need to quickly say that. So, like, some people go into marriage now these days. They say they have um, a prenuptial arrangement. Excuse me, old boy. I'm getting into marriage with you, but that property is outside of the negotiation, that car, that investment. After we put all those things aside, then we can go ahead. That's not the way God said it. Because if you have to tell somebody before you go into any relationship with them on that level that this is a no touch, that's a don't touch, it means if anything happens, everybody goes to your tent, oh Israel. So it means that person or that relationship has already seen how it will get terminated. We don't enter into a partnership with an idea that is going to be terminated. So going into a relationship of partnership involves a level for you to enter into formality with them, but it has to be organically started. You know, remember the walking, the standing, and the sitting. Whilst you're walking, at that stage, God can open your eyes that this is not the right doctor for me. This is not the right lawyer for me. This is not the right accountant for me. And at that walking stage, you know one person can go here, and another person can do what? Can do that. Equally, even at the standing stage, no matter how much you're looking into each other's eyes, you can look into each other's eyes and see that, that there's a lying spirit in that person. At that stage, you can see what? Go your separate. But the minute you tie the knots, You've signed, sealed the paper. You've signed the dotted lines. There's no going back. Whatever is the trouble in that particular partnership, you have to bear it. So collaboration. Pray for the Holy Spirit to open our eyes so that we know who to collaborate with. Pastor Miro was giving the analogy on Friday vigil, or Friday limit breakers night, about Jehoshaphat and Heab in Second Chronicles chapter 18. From verse 1 to 17, you can see the reference for those who do not know. Jehoshaphat, a man who God chose, whose God's mighty hand and anointing and calling is upon, went into partnership with Ahab, the man that's doomed for destruction. But the truth of the matter is, when God has called you, elevated you, why go and make yourself what subservient? Because Ahab and Jehoshaphat were not on any equal level at all when it comes to the things and calling of God. And yet, because of marriage, because of that partnership, he didn't marry, but he let his daughter marry uh, whatever, Ahab, and then the partnership continued. Do you know the partnership was so bad that the only time Jehoshaphat opened his mother, this war that you said we should go to, is there no other prophets that can speak? So, There's a prophet, his name is Micaiah. When I call him, he never says any good thing. But can you imagine somebody who's, who, who has the spirit of God in them? Can he not know that the minute that Ahab said that, it means it was against the will of God. But because he had a subservient level of partnership with Ahab, he dared not open his mouth. May you not enter into a partnership that you cannot open your mouth in Jesus' name. These are the things that we need to take on board. And you know, this kind of partnership is not one that the love of Jehoshaphat was in the heart of Ahab. Why? How do I know? Because by the time they went to that war, he said, you dress up as the king 
and go in front. What was he doing? He was calculating that if they're going to kill anybody, it will not be me, it will be you. And they call it partnership. I say you will not partner with somebody that will position you for the enemy in Jesus' name. An accountant that cannot work your papers out for you, that is thinking of how when the auditors come, he will wait, get himself out and put you for roasting. May you not sign up for that accountant in Jesus' name. The lawyer that has said, ah, if I have a very good case, the time is coming that we're going to talk about it. The lawyer that you think, ah, this one will fight for me. At least he sees my heart. He knows I've done nothing wrong. And the lawyer is actually joining against those who are accusing you. I'm telling you, this is real life. It was only by the grace of God that leaked the secret. That, eh? So this is what this lawyer wants to do to this man. Ah, you will not sign up a lawyer that will join against those that are fighting against you in the name of Jesus. You will not end up in prison. That is not your portion in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Very quickly as I round up. The next level we were taught was uh, friend. Now, <clears throat> this one is a big one. I've written here, do not have a friend that you hide things from. Have a friend that you can be naked and not be ashamed. A friend that you can be naked with and not what? Be ashamed. Now, friendship goes across the spectrum. From casual friendship to close confidence. But the kind of friend we are referring to here is a friend that is your close confidence. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. Because you can have, you know these days, oh, she's my friend on Facebook. She's my friend on this media. How many friends, friend, friend, friend are enemies? That's not the kind of friends I'm talking about. I'm talking about, so some friends are looking at, look at her. Oh, look at her nonsense that she did. And they tick like. They don't like you. So don't deceive yourself. I've got 1,000 likes. Who told you that they like it? They don't like even, even the spoke of your eyes. They don't like it. And you're dancing about. So I'm not talking about those nonsense friends. I'm talking about true friends. A friend that will stick closer to you than when you're high, when you're low, when you're whatever it is, they will be there with you to lift you up. May you open your eyes to see those friends, to see that one, to see that person in your life in the name of Jesus. And it has to evolve. You don't sign up to a friend and say, ah, this person, I like them. I'm going to choose them to be my bestie. How many besties? Everybody has under besties. Don't just make everybody your bestie. Praise the Lord. I pray that we all have the grace to choose wisely so that, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be in the position that God has called us to be and then indeed we'll, be, we'll achieve all that God has for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Know who your close confidence should be. And don't desert your close confidence as a friend either. It's absolutely important that when you have a friend, is someone you can open up to. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10, that when one falls, the other will pick him up. That friend, may you identify them in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. A friend should not be one who will judge you, who will always tell you negative things. They will tell you if they think you're doing wrong, but they will not be the one who, after they finish, they've gone to another person to tell them what you're doing. That's not a friend. And that's not what we're talking about. Lastly, I came up with another category, but it's not that you choose them. It's the parents. Because you don't choose your parents. But we all have to learn to collaborate properly with our parents. Parents to children and children to what? 
parents. For us to get the best out of the relationship together, both parents and children have to learn to collaborate according to the will of God. That's a whole message on its own. But it's just, I just start chipping in once we're talking about collaboration. As I round up today, if you're in any of these collaborations that I've mentioned that have gone peer-shaped, there's always room for restoration. This is the home of the restored people. We preach the word of God here. We see the word of God manifested in our life, and it will manifest in yours too. I'll take you on the picture to an area of, that you least expect that that is collaboration. When you get home today, open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7. The four lepers at the gate of what? Syria. When they sat there, and after God, the Bible tells us that God amplified the what? The sound of their feet. And they went into the camp, Syrian camp, and they found all this gold. They found all this goodies and food and everything. They said, this is a day of what? Good news. They said amongst each other, we cannot sit here and just keep this thing to ourselves. Even as lepers, there were four good lepers that collaborated to do the right thing. No matter how messed up, no matter how difficult, no matter how you think, oh, I'm nothing, oh, there's no more to me. Even in the midst of that, when you have people who have the right heart and the right mind, together you can still come back up in the name of Jesus. I speak concerning one who feels right now like that. You may be right now hearing me or watching online in the name of Jesus. No matter how bastardized, how messed up, how horrible it looks, God will raise you up out of that miraculously as long as you have the right heart have the right attitude, submitting it unto him, the Lord will lift you up. Because I believe concerning the four lepers that they must have been restored. I never saw anymore that they said, go back to sit in the outskirts of the city. No longer are you going to sit in the outskirts anymore. You've come in and the Lord has lifted you up and you shall be established in the name of Jesus. Lastly, there were four sons of a prophet in 2 Kings chapter 6. They said to themselves, where we dwell is getting what? Too small. Let us try and do what? Enlarge and increase. And they went and they got the axe. But alas, the head of the axe fell into what? The water. And they had to say to the man of God, alas, it was borrowed. I believe God changed the natural law of gravity because of their oneness of heart, because of their oneness of purpose, because of the goodness of their heart, because they work together as, un as one. They work together collaborating for a good purpose. As long as you decide, no matter what it is, that you know you're on this journey and you're working towards what God has called you to do. You're doing it in faith. You're doing it in submission. You're doing it in obedience. You're doing it in accountability. Even if the axe head has fallen, the Lord will lift you up in the name of Jesus. Today I speak to everyone who feels like that their axe has fallen, who feels that their last cover is gone, who feels that they do not have any form of finances anymore, who feels that the report of the doctor is negative, who feels how long will this problem continue? Who feels we have waited, we have trusted as long as you are standing upon the word of God, as long as you are believing him and trusting him. I speak total restoration unto you today in the name of Jesus. I said the Lord will turn that situation around 
the Lord will change your circumstance. Just as the axe head flowed, I say in the name of Jesus, God will take even the natural gravity. He will turn it around for your good in the name of Jesus. Many will say, take me to your God. In the mighty name of Jesus, even that relationship that looks is messed up right now. For with God, nothing is impossible. Submit it unto him and say, Lord, I did not seek this woman even from the devil. I did not seek this man from the enemy. Lord, I trusted in you. Lord, turn their hearts back even unto you. The Bible says the hearts of kings and princes belong unto God and is able to turn it as he wills. As in the course of a river, what is it that God cannot do? God will change your story. God will change your situation. God will change your circumstance. In the name of Jesus, for with God, nothing is impossible. We serve a God who rules and reigns in the affairs of men. Concerning that child, the child will come back home to you in Jesus' name. The Lord indeed will provide. And you will never lack any good thing. Because you sought the Lord from the beginning. Or perhaps you didn't even seek him from the beginning. Today you're making a change of heart. Just like the thief on the left side of Jesus. Even at the last minute, he was restored. There is hope for you. I said, God will restore you fully in the mighty name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Spirit of the living God, we just want to bless you. For that which you have shared with us today, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to identify the people you are bringing our way. Lord, may we not make our multitude to become our one. May we not make our one to become even the multitude. Father, for every enemy pretending as a friend, may we not run into them in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from every source entrapment and shape of the enemy in Jesus name. We submit our relationships unto you. Wherever it may go wrong, we thank you Lord today that you restore us holy. For indeed, those who are in you, Lord God shall never be put to shame. Be thou exalted mighty God. In Jesus mighty name we pray and the people say. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks goes to all our partners who support our ministry. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, you can call us on plus four four two zero eight five nine seven triple one zero, or visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord be with you always until we meet next time.